And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into Ant Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at the Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. I almost said this is the first podcast of the off season, but I suppose that's not—it's not true for a couple of reasons. One, we did have an episode earlier this week, which was after the end of the season, although that felt like still a in-season pod because we were talking about the games that had happened. This is sort of the first one where there's no games to discuss, but it's not technically the off season because you got the whole postseason rolling and so there's only so much that uh that can actually happen in terms of the cubs right now which is a way of setting up uh president jed hoyer's end of season presser which took place this week uh we want to talk about some things from that and i did think about um the relationship between getting you know missing the playoffs in general or missing it at the you know very close to the end of the regular season either way you do now have this entire month to get to work and 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 Jed mentioned that that it's it's hardly anything you are happy about but it's not untrue and I'm I'm glad he mentioned it not because I would have forgotten but because it's like you want everyone in that building to at least use this time right like there's no need to be focusing on the playoffs it's might as well use the time to do a little extra um, background work and planning and going back and making sure all of your information on players from around the league is updated and correct and get that IV computer system, uh, you know, up to version five point whatever. So I think that that was among the takeaways that, uh, I don't know, we, we were talking before we started broadcasting that it's not as, as if there was any like shocking news in the presser. It was an hour long, but an interesting, but you know, that's just not Jed Hoyer's style. He's not going to drop some huge news in a setting like that. Um, but I did like the thought that, okay, they, you know, there's a lot of time now to get this, to get the offseason as right as possible. And I think that that's what we're going to be talking about for many, many months to come is how to get this offseason as right as possible so that the good things from 2023 happen again and the bad things don't repeat. Yeah, is it is I wonder is it a Jed thing? Is it uh is it the fact that they aren't winning consistently yet? Like when did Theo I feel like Theo regularly made a little bit of news in these, right? Or am I misremembering that? Like it, or just like he had strong strong quotes like the off somewhere along yeah. the way the offense broke. Like Jed didn't broke. talk about his Some bullpen breaking stuff. in September, right? He didn't like he didn't point out like this big 
gaping hole on the roster that needs to be fixed. He doesn't like. I feel like Theo's pr- was pretty good about like we have to fix this aspect of the team. Yeah, Theo was a little less guarded about the things that we could like. We you could read his tea leaves a little easier in terms of what was going to be coming. Uh, whereas I feel like Jed is just just a little more guarded in his commentary about the the kinds of things that we would seize upon and be like, oh, that means right, something. Right. And, uh, and I also think. One one thing that I was thinking about after the the presser, I, I was just kind of scanning Twitter to get uh, the feel of how fans were reacting to it, and there was a lot of "I don't feel good about Cody Bellinger coming back." This oh the this that and the other. Here's the thing: When was the last time when either Theo or Jed have ended a season and had a free outgoing free agent? That we thought they even like kind of wanted to bring back. When was the last time that happened? Never. I mean, <laughs> like, well, Castellanos, they people, just didn't have the money. Right. I mean, we, would, we knew that yeah, they were yeah, that they couldn't bring him back yeah. because of yeah, fi- yeah. finances, right, right, right. right? Like, right. Uh, this is like so. Either finances were were a huge impediment, or the reality was like they don't really want him. They'll take him at like a one year cheap deal, right? Like they would have brought. Uh, Wilson Contreras back if if he if there was no market for him. Uh, same with like uh, all the guys that they traded in twenty one. If if any of those guys signed a one year deal and were willing to do that with the Cubs, but this is the first time we, we've seen this where where there's a player that is heading out to free agency that they would like back, and it may be a multi year deal, but also like so it's really hard to parse Jed's words on this. Like we just don't know. Um, what like like trying to get underlying meaning and read into every single sentence uh it's hard to do with uh with jed in this particular instance uh i like that that and you know i i feel like we already knew what was going to happen with david ross i I don't think there was uh, maybe in some corners of the fan base they were hoping that that jed would be like i can't take this anymore all the bunting and 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 uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and decided that he was done with them, but that just wasn't a realistic thing. I think um, Patrick kept hammering this over the past month uh, when when we chat is just like they want him to succeed. This is the guy they picked. Like they like they're looking like this is their partner, right? Like he's he's part of the front office essentially. It's it's uh, they, so it's just not realistic to expect. Uh, him to be gone after the first season that they've actually tried to win with him at the helm uh it would have had to it would have had to been an outright disaster and while the month while the last month you could argue that it was i mean it was an outright disaster because of the ending but the season as a whole certainly wasn't so it just makes it it, it, I guess it was anticlimactic in that in that sense right like the we kind of knew what was coming he wasn't going to come out and say we have to uh, you know, do everything we can to re-sign Cody Bellinger, and we're firing David Ross. Like we knew he wasn't going to do that, so that like it was just kind of a pretty straightforward presser. But that doesn't mean there isn't. Like I think it's worth trying to figure out. Like both of those topics to me uh, are certainly interesting uh, and and worth digging into. And I know they they seem to be incredibly polarizing. Both topics. There's no way that like the 
Cubs were going to use this as a negotiating window with Bellinger, and Scott Boris has zero interest in that. Like, this has gone as well as anyone could have possibly hoped for. There was, you know, no interest from Bellinger's camp in a multi-year deal after he got non-tendered by the Dodgers, and clearly we know that Boris is going to try to find an owner or multiple owners to get involved in this. We'll see if he does. His track record is pretty strong uh, in that regard. You know, obviously several years ago, uh, Bryce Harper didn't sign until roughly the start of spring training, whether that was like mid to late February. I forget exactly when, but I think that could be outdated too. Like you just never know how the market's going to unfold. I mean, we were at that winter meetings. I think it was in San Diego. I mean, Garrett Cole, Strasburg, that might have been uh, Anthony Rendon as well, right? That was like, those are all Boris guys that Anthony signed Rendon. at the winter meetings. Uh, yep. Yep. Last year, Bogarts, that got done right around the yep. end of the winter meetings. Um, you know, all it takes is like one offer for Boris to like set those wheels in motion. So I don't think this means that the Cubs have to wait until like February to get uh, a read on this. I mean, Brandon Nimmo, um, that is a Boris client and a very interesting comp, probably um, what they may have been, you know, shooting for uh, at this time last year. And now I think it's probably, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe a floor. I, don't know. I mean, the Cubs would take that deal, I'm sure, in a heartbeat, which means Bellinger and Boris wouldn't. Um, and so, yeah, I think Jed is a little more guarded, but I will give him credit uh, just in seeing some of the other uh, the other shops are run in Chicago that, for the most part, I think Jed understands you know where the media is coming from and that we are a conduit to the fans and that he generally does not talk down to people. He's open-minded. He's engaging. Uh, he has a vast amount of experience you know when you he has these great historical touchstones whether it's uh terry francona or other stuff that happened in boston that i do think helps explain kind of where the cubs are and you know he had to just start it the way he did of saying you know was this season a success no i think what people also have to keep in mind is imagine a scenario where here in the first week of october Let's say Jed Hoyer and the Cubs desperately want to re-sign Cody Bellinger. Let's say that that's been an organizational decision behind the scenes that they just would do anything to sign him, right? Well, even in that scenario, Jed and co. can't actually know if that's going to be possible because they can't know what the market is actually going to develop into. They can't know what other opportunities are going to develop in November. They don't know what's going to happen with other teams and ownerships. So there is, it's not even just a strategic matter of not proclaiming it now. You know, it's not even a matter of leverage because, you know, people can suss these things out. It's a matter of, of that communication with the fans that Mooney is saying. In effect, you, you can't write checks that your maneuvering can't cash. And you can't know right now, because you guys are right, Boris and Bellinger were never going to negotiate at this time, unless you came so crazy over the top with an offer that's just mind-bogglingly stupid. The entire point of this signing was to get to free agency. That was the entire 
designed and planned point. They're not going to deviate from that course now. And so there would be no reason for Jed to say anything other than he did because he can't know what the outcome is going to be. And that isn't me saying that it's definitely true that the Cubs are like desperate to retain Bellinger because we, we don't know that, you know, there are going to be other opportunities. The resources are limited uh, and there, there just, there aren't going to be infinite dollars available for 2024 and for the commitments that, that go beyond 2024. I did think uh, Jed's responses in relation to spending. Was that your question, Mooney, where you, you said, I know what you're going to say. Uh, we don't talk about payroll. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, but, you know, you asked you asked him, I know you don't talk about payroll, but just sort of, you know, you were trying to get a, a feel. Is, that, is, that is probably item number one on everybody's list at the end of a season like this. It's what's going to happen with the manager and what are you going to do this offseason on spending? And I did think the way he chose to answer by referencing the fact that, you know, hey, as an organization, we we have gone over the luxury tax, dot, 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 dot. I thought that was about as good an answer as fans could have hoped for, because again, he's never going to say for multiple reasons, yeah, we're definitely going to blow past the, the luxury tax this year. That's, that's just, they're ne- you know, they haven't said in the past, they aren't going to say it in the future, they're never going to say it. But it's not as if he's, he was immediately throwing up roadblocks, you know, where it's like, well, you know, this and that and this and that. It was just sort of like, yeah, maybe, maybe that that was my read on it. And I thought, OK, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, I, I will say this. We we're talking at the start about like how transparent they are in these in these pressers that like you can get a pretty good feel about how they look at the offseason and the willingness to spend like you may not get the exact roadmap, but you get some hints and this is clearly, while you know, we'll see exactly what direction they go over the course of the next few months. But they're not. This isn't one of those. Oh man, it's going to be tough to to spend or, or find the right pieces. Like what's going to be tough is figuring out who to do it on, right? Um, and and frankly, like I am I am going back and forth on if Cody Bellinger is the right person to spend that money on considering all the factors and and my main factor on that is scott boris is gonna ask, is not gonna settle for like some some deal that you know factors in that he you know this is the first time in three years that cody bellinger has been healthy and productive and highly productive I, i'm looking at comparables in in patrick's right center field it's brandon nimmo right but there just aren't a lot of highly paid center fielders that that exist in this game so that's like the one comparison can can i just one quick thing on that because i think people keep sleeping on this point and i'm glad you said it and i'm going to amplify it that there aren't a lot of huge and highly paid center fielders in this game do you know why because they tend not to stay in center field for very long past age 30 so i mean the the reality is the cubs need to figure out what pete crow armstrong pete crow armstrong is right i I think it's really hard to balance those two aspects, right? You need to figure out what some of your prospects are, but you cannot take a step back in 2024, 2025. This can't be like, it's tough. It's, it's a tough situation to be in at times. Uh, when do you, when do you decide like this prospect has to get all the time here and we have to suffer through the growing pains if whatever they may be. Uh, I think part of that is you, you start the season with the, if you're going to start the season with Pete Crow Armstrong, you need like 
two more bats in the lineup that you trust, right? Uh, and and you bat Crow Armstrong ninth to let him figure things out. We'll figure all that out as the, when the season comes. But the, I'm looking at these first basemen that you may want to compare uh, uh, contract-wise. Uh, Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, um, Matt Olson. Uh, he's probably going to get more than than that, right? Uh, like Matt Olson and Paul Goldschmidt were both um, extensions. And Freeman is... Here's the thing. If, if you're going to pay him Freddie Freeman money and have him play first base, this year is the minimum offensive production. That's what Freddie Freeman is. Freddie Freeman puts up 135 weighted runs created plus in a bad year. That's that's just the reality of of what what he does, who he is as a player. Uh, it's not – it's just – it, I, I think Cody Bellinger is very important for this team, was very important in, in this past season. Uh, you start to wonder what what he can be going forward and what sort of guarantee you have there. And then you start to wonder, okay, if it's not him, then who? So, I, like, I don't envy Jed Hoyer here. And I the more I think about the way Jed thinks, the more I think he's not going to pay these insane prices that it's going to end up being for Bellinger because of the risk. And I think he'd rather trade for someone even knowing that that person's going to walk. It, 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 fans may not know, but the news is now that Pete Alonso has Scott Boris as an agent. So the two primary trade partners are Pete Alonso. I mean, the realistic trade uh, uh, targets are Pete, Pete Alonso and Juan Soto, both Scott Boris clients, right? I'm not wrong on Soto, right? He's, he's a Boris client. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you're talking about the three fits that make sense right are all boris clients and then you have to start getting really creative beyond that i there there are options you can look at the teams that trade guys i think i mentioned cleveland tampa bay and arizona maybe i mean you can't i I don't count pittsburgh because i doubt the cubs are going to trade with pittsburgh but those three teams will often trade quality players before they hit free agency right like that's just how they have to work due to the way their owners run things so like this this offseason's complicated. It's not as simple as outside of the fans just, just, that just say spend whatever and and don't think about it, um, which fine, you're allowed to have that thought process and I'd love it if, if all owners just spent whatever. It's it's not an easy decision and it, the, the path isn't as clear as, as, I, as I was thinking it was about a month ago. I mean, these – Pete Alonzo rumors. I mean, Ken Rosenthal reported this summer that the Cubs inquired. Uh, but I got to say, like, David Stearns is, like, the last guy I'd want to trade with. Like, okay, he's in New York. New- Asad and I were talking about this after the press conference. Like, oh, he's got Steve Cohen's money, too. That gives him another kind of lever he can pull in this deal. And just looking at the trades he made in in Milwaukee, like – no thanks. And look at who does Jed typically trade with. It's not really someone like that. It's kind of more going to Kansas City, going to Washington, and those are kind of different front offices. And the only reason he traded with the Padres was like Preller was like the only guy crazy enough in the middle of a pandemic to take on that contract and give up, you know, kind of that young talent after making all these other frenetic moves and so I think what you'll see here is that Brett you're right Jed can say a lot even while he says 
a little, if that makes sense. That his body language, his phrasing, his framing, um, all says a lot. And what Ricketts always says is, with these deals, it's the years, not the dollars. I mean, he praised him, praised Jed for his rational contracts. And so that means the higher AAV, but just a shorter term. It's it's Ian Happ's deal. It's uh, taking a little more risk on a player like Saya because you think he would cost way more if he came up uh, through the American professional baseball system. And Ricketts' other main point is when you go over the CBT, you better go way over. And that the worst example was the Red Sox of 2022 being like, just barely over and not really decisive at the trade deadline and then finishing whatever it was somewhere around 500 so uh i do think they're gonna have to uh because just off the top of my head if if we're assuming Hendricks option is picked up stroman opts in and smiley doesn't opt out that's about 45 million dollars worth of, onto your pitching staff that already has tyone's deal and a lot of young guys are kind of interested in here so uh that to me was i don't know if i'd say it was like encouraging if you're a cubs fan but i mean there's no reason to think they won't go big this offseason there won't be like a ton of activity surrounding the cubs marrying that point with sahadev's of course is where it gets tough because if the cubs had desperate needs in the rotation if it was like everything else is great they just need one or two good starters man this would be the perfect offseason because they've got the money, and then this is a pretty loaded free agent class of starting pitchers. And that isn't to say the Cubs won't participate there. Is there a sure thing ace? Am I missing? Blake Snell. And I'm not sure if I'd call him a sure thing ace. Yeah. Well, in Yamamoto, I think most. Yeah. Okay. I I always forget very very well. Nola, if he's on. I just don't trust him with the innings. Yeah, right. That's like paying for past. That's paying for past production. Yeah, totally. Um, Sorry. So it's it's a lot of really good and interesting twos and threes. A lot of the category that we know uh, Jed Hoyer and his group like to play in. So I would anticipate. Here's what I would guess if we're you know if we're playing this game now, I would say it's most likely they end up signing a you know it's a name starting pitcher, but it's not a guy who's like necessarily at the top of the market. Not a guy who's getting a four or five year deal, but that is someone that they feel like they can work with and and next level slightly kind of the thinking behind the Jameson Tyone deal in the first place just didn't quite work out that way uh so far this year I would be surprised if there is a massive investment in you know for as much as I would love for them to sign Yamamoto because I you know you don't get that kind of opportunity very often 25 year old potential ace um but I think his market's gonna be crazy I think what's unsaid here is Otani, and I think that that's unsaid for good reason because it's such a, you know, it's it became even more of a weird one-off, tough to talk about conversation with his injury and knowing he can't pitch this coming year. I can twist myself up and and argue that that is why he's perfect for the Cubs because they can cover they can cover those innings in 24, but what they really need is the bat. So arguably he means more to them than a lot of other teams that, that desperately need to save their money for pitching. Um, but that's an investment that comes at ownership level. And it's, it's, 
it's going to be tied so much to the finances of what he can provide. And I tend to think that that's impacted by his unicorn status. And I think that in turn is going to be, there are going to be some questions, you know, for sort of from the marketing side of things about what you do in the years ahead with him. So I, that's, I just wanted to mention that because it's not like we're ignoring Otani or nor am I saying, I won't speak for you guys, but I'm not saying the Cubs won't be involved in that. I think they, I think any team with even reasonable chance of financing that signing needs to be in that conversation. Um, I just don't think you can talk about an offseason plan around him. Right. Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, uh, one thing that I think, uh, so I, anyway, I was saying that the, the market's great if you're looking for starting pitching, not so great if what you need is like two bats. And as you said, Todd, if that's what makes it really tough because the Cubs not only need to retain a bat like Bellinger, I loved Jed's phrasing about, he didn't say that we need to, you know, retain Bellinger. He said we would need to replace his production. And I think that's a key distinction because even re-signing Bellinger is not a guarantee that Bellinger 2024 replaces the production of Bellinger 2023. The Cubs have to think about it that way. They have to think about how are we going to get that level of production somewhere and add another bat on top of it. And, you know, if you're trading for Pete Alonso for one year or Juan Soto for one year, good, great, grand, that can accomplish it for 24. I don't know that you can do it with an expectation of an extension. And then it's just a a question of prospect cost. And as we know, Cubs do have a whole lot of quality prospect depth right now. That was part of this rebuilding process. Yeah, there's a couple things that I keep thinking about. Well, first of all, with the pitcher stuff, I mean, Patrick mentioned all the, the, the money they have invested there. A lot of it comes off the books after 24, right? So if there's someone that they just love, that they say, this is a guy we want that will that you know right now is projected as a three, we see him as a solid two and a above or something like that, uh, why not go? I mean, you're going to go, like, I mean, Patrick said it, you don't go slightly over the luxury tax, you go well over it and push the second line. That's, that's how it should be if you're if that's the way you're thinking about things where you're looking at those luxury tax levels, you don't just go slightly above the first limit. Uh, so if there's someone like that, I, I think it could make sense to be aggressive. Uh, I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to trades. I, I think we're going to see one or two big trades from this team in the winter. Uh, 
And if that doesn't happen, it's because the market didn't materialize in a fashion that they needed it to, uh, and it, and they could be stuck in the mud. I think that's when I look at the landscape of free agency in the trade market, which we don't know the trade market right now. That's that's my biggest concern. Are they going to find themselves in a spot where, on paper, they're no doubt taking a step back, right? Where they need prospects to take a step up. Uh, you touched on it, Brett, but like we don't know what you're getting from uh, from Cody Bellinger next year. You don't know what you're getting from anyone next year is the reality. I'm not sure who you look at. Maybe Swanson and Nico, you kind of know what you're getting. Uh, Hap, I guess I feel like I know what I'm getting after the past two years. I know he takes a lot of heat, but... The reality is the numbers are, are pretty consistent now for the past couple of years. I think a wild card is Seah. Uh, is he if he can replicate this season as far as like just be consistent and, and put up the same final numbers, you'll take that. What you really want is a big step forward and and him to be a 140 way to runs created plus instead of 125 way to runs created plus. Granted, 120, whatever he was, was 24th in baseball. 24th in all of baseball offensive production and that's with the people ready to give up on him uh, you know on whatever july 31st including some of us right i know i was like what is going on here uh i mean I, they uh, did bench him i mean they were right. no, they, they, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. i'm not saying we were wrong like at that point <laughs> yeah. he looked i mean yeah, the, yeah. The, remember the swings yeah. that he had they were god awful yeah. it looked like he was a complete mess there so i'm not i'm not saying like how dare people jump off the bandwagon there it made say he looked like a mess i i also i i also just don't know like did the cubs just waste uh, justin Steele cy young season i mean they did just waste it but is that the peak i mean i don't want to just assume that a guy with two pitches is like well it, that'll last forever uh, like he has to continue to adjust and grow and 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 be like uh, Ross said it like consistency is the thing like what like you have to you have to have a great season and then you have to have another one and then another one after that and then you have a career like John Lester when you've stacked up eight in a row right like that who is who is that guy with the Cubs right now I'm not sure they have that guy maybe Marcus Stroman and after this season does anyone really trust him uh, I don't know like they I, I don't want to be a rain cloud over this because i do think they're headed in the right direction uh and and i do think the like ultimately here's here's what i think i think you can trade for one of those one-year guys right you can do that and also it's a it's a year where a lot of prospects are going to be coming up so you can kind of do both right where you assess like is matt shaw a star is kevin alcantara a star does pete crow armstrong turn into a star because all those guys are double A and up or already reached, right? PCA, Alcantara, Matt Shaw. Like, those are the guys that I look at in the system and say, these guys have a potential to be a really good Im- impact bat, right? I-, I may be missing someone. Sir, that is Owen Casey erasure, <laughs> and I will not Yeah, Owen for Casey it. scares me with the swing and miss, but I get what you're saying. That's elite power, and, and sure, you you can throw him in that mix. He's at double A, too. Uh so so there's a lot of guys that could be coming up. There's a lot of guys you could include in trades uh, as well. So, like, if you trade for those one of those one-year guys, you, you have that kind of balance of, like, well, we can see how this plays out on both fronts, prospect front and this impending free agent front. Do we need to go hog wild and, and, and negotiate with Boris for Soto slash Alonzo or whoever it is they trade for? Uh, or or can we rely on this guy becoming a superstar? Do we see it? 
it's a risk. It's a, you know, I, I don't love relying solely on prospects, but, you know, I, I was having this debate with some commenters. Uh, go look at all the teams that are competing right now that are in the playoffs right now. What It's the Phillies are the ones that are built by free agency. Texas is built by free agency. And then, and then you talk about the teams that have actually won World Series in the recent past. Like their core guys are mostly – you know, through the system and they spend a ton to keep them, you know, like all these guys, it's not like the Atlanta Braves have a low payroll, but it's just, a, I, I'm just, my point is I'm, I'm just not sure what direction Jed's going to go and what the cleanest direction to go is, but there's so many different options. It's not like he's without options. And I think that's the biggest key. When you have some options, it, you, you know, he talked about it. This is what they're going to spend this month doing, figuring out plan A to Z, and can they execute them? I mean, the Cubs are in deep trouble if they're talking about, like, Matt Shaw and PCA when <laughs> yeah. they report spring training next year. I mean, if they want to be a credible playoff team. I mean, the manager's on the hot seat. Jed has two more seasons to go on his contract. Like, I think... We'll see how good the rest of the baseball industry views the Cubs farm system because I'm assuming that PCA and Cade Horton would be untouchable, right? Like those two guys you just leave off the table, I'd but everyone yeah. else probably in play. and For the right deal. You know, I do think, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So otherwise yeah. you got to um, – I think you spend money. I mean, I think they hate – giving up that young talent jed i think was pretty sincere when he said i I don't view this as like you know a a piggy bank like those are guys that are going to help us win at wrigley field and i do think they're kind of paranoid about that cliff after they uh what happened with the the previous core here and you know there's you know not every Boris client, you know, goes home happy in the winter, right? Like, there's always going to be guys on pillow contracts. Um, I think you saw this season. I mean, what we were talking about when the Cubs were going really bad in, like, the early to mid part of the season was just, like, how bad certain spots were, like 30th out of 30 teams. So if you had a, a Jamer Candelario for a whole season, if, like, you know, I mean, this is a playoff contender that, like, just – did not have corner infielders yeah. for like <laughs> it was bad, huh? almost the entire year. Like just like talking about just like huge kind of gaps here that if you could just get kind of competency and hope that you know you because you do have a core of like solidly above average two way players that you can work with. You have certainly a lot of elements in place for a pitching staff and just knowing you know Jed is not a star chaser. He is not. It's really hard to make some of these, like, what would Theo do things, and I really try not to do that too often, the way that in New York they'd be like, oh, what would George Steinbrenner say? You know, and it was hard to <laughs> it was hard to separate Jed and Theo, but, like, what keeps Jed up at night? It's, like, depth, or what are we going to do if, like, X, Y, and Z happen? You know, and I think there's a way to get back to, you know, a projected, say, 87 87- wins if you just kind of make those right complementary moves and give yourself you know space to add mid-season and you're right side with all that money coming off the books after 2024 that gives them a huge opportunity to 
they're always good at that, right? Of structuring, you know, bonuses or buyouts and, you know, whatever accounting tricks they have, they're going to have to use them. I think maybe the last thought I'll offer to wrap this, um, because we will, we'll be back at you with more episodes this off season, but it's, you know, the schedule in the off season is kind of more dictated by what happens. Uh, so I want to get this out there that for as much as I agree that the challenges of this offseason and the state of the organization both heavily militate in favor of like a big trade or two or three. Uh, you know what the last acquisition, big, big acquisition trade was in the offseason for the Cubs? For the Cubs? Uh, yeah. You're going to have to tell me, otherwise I'm going to think too long. Yeah. Wade Wade, Wade Davis. Davis. Okay. Jorge Soler. Seven years ago. Yeah. Wade Davis. It's been it's been seven years since the Cubs made a significant acquisition trade. So are you saying that which isn't to say they don't Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only saying that it's that it's hard to do. Um I think I think we see we as baseball fans, not speaking for you, speaking for baseball fans, we see sort of the league as a whole. And we see, you know, five or six big trades in an offseason. And it's like, man, this is like a time when teams are making trades. And it's it's actually really, really diminutive compared to the trade deadline, where there is that deadline to make those right. moves. Um, it just doesn't happen as much in the offseason. And I want to, I guess I want to maybe guard my own heart against expectations that they'll definitely be able to get it done. Because the, the need is there. The fit is there. Right. Um, the prospects are there, but it's sometimes it just doesn't happen. Here's a, and, and the Cubs need to make a lot of money. right. Here's the here's the slight bit of optimism I can give you. Uh, it's been about seven years since I've had any type of depth in the system where they felt comfortable moving a lot of guys. Now, uh, Jed always talks about deadline spur movement. Uh, so that's going to be a frustration of his because there's no deadline here in the off season until you hit kind of spring training. And even then that's like, he can't, my thought process has been since that presser where he didn't come out and say like, we need to retain, like there wasn't a strong statement of needing to retain Cody Bellinger, which I didn't expect. Right. Uh, but there wasn't that. And, and thinking through it, my thought process has been, he needs to make a trade early to get a bat. And then he can then he can go about doing his business for everything else. Watch the Cody Bellinger market. Stay in the Cody Bellinger market. If it gets to the point where Boris can't get that monster ten year deal, eight year deal, whatever, and he's like, "Look, I'll take five at a high AV, AAV. I'll take six at a high AAV," and or he's going to say, "You know what? Cody wants to be a, fel- uh, a free agent again at 31. He'll take three years, opt out. Uh, you know, eight, six years, opt out after three." And that lines up with everybody on in the core, pretty much, right? Uh, like I'm, I, I'm not sure that Boris would do this. I'm not sure that that's how the market will play out. I'm kind of speculating here on how how it can work out best for Jet, uh, in the sense that he needs to try and get that bat sooner rather than later. I, uh, like you said, trades for the Cubs haven't happened much, so I'm trying to think like, do trades happen? early on in like you know what thanksgiving time through the winter meetings well you have yeah you do have rostering deadlines in november that sometimes if there's a 40-man squeeze you'll see moves so typically you see three three pockets 
I mean, four if you include spring training, but three three big pockets of trades are there at that time in November, right around uh, what's the week before Thanksgiving, winter meetings, and uh, January. There's usually, it seems like once a lot of the free agents have settled into place, there's usually a little stretch in January then where there's there seems to be some trade activity. Yeah, and just talking to people around the team, they're expecting trades as well. Uh, I think there are a few different ways they can go about this, but I think really fix it like depending on what moves are available i could see them trying to fix some of those holes and listen there's holes at at each main area right like lineup rotation and and bullpen you could argue they 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 have holes in each of those areas and they need to upgrade each of those areas to varying degrees uh so i I think they're going to be looking for trades to fix some of those areas. I mean, bullpen is probably almost certainly an area where he's going to be looking like, "Hey, while I trade for this guy, can you can you throw in this and we'll throw in this?" Can you toss yeah. In, yeah. Because throw in Pedro Stroke yeah, for him. Like he's going to be looking yeah. because he doesn't want to spend 3 years, you know, 27 million or whatever on a on a reliever. That's <laughs> yeah. just not Jed's MO. Uh, he doesn't like even after a year like this, he's not going to I think one thing that he really needs to do and make sure is he gets a veteran in that bullpen, uh, a veteran that's been there, that's done it for a long time. Brad Boxer kind of was bo- Boxer Boxberger was that guy, uh, but he just wasn't around. And I think it's in, imperative that if you have a young bullpen that you if you have young guys you want to bring up they need to learn how to be a big leaguer I think that's a little thing that may be going overlooked in general across baseball when we have all these measurables and we can see spin rate and we can see velocity and we can see we we talk about pitch design and pitch grips and and every little uh, little bit of information and and we talk about pitch labs all these things that I have written about and I support in general I, I don't want it to get lost in all that that there's more to baseball than just those numbers right the prep the day-to-day preparation the day uh like how you go about uh your job uh on a daily basis uh that that stuff matters too and and we need to make sure and the cubs need to make sure that they have people setting the right examples they have that in various corners um and they've had it in the past in the bullpen i'm not sure if they did have it this year just because of there just weren't a lot of veterans like Michael Fulmer. How long has he been a reliever? And he was hurt for a lot and he was trying to go through his own stuff early on in the year. He was, he was struggling mightily. So how could it's tough to be that leader when you're trying to figure out yourself, Brad Boxberger was hurt. The rest, there's no veteran in there, right? Unless I'm missing someone, there just wasn't a veteran in there to kind of set that example. They loved, they raved about guys like Chafin and, and, um, and Kimbrell and Michael Givens and Chris Martin over the years, right? Because they set the example for the younger guys that allowed Brandon Hughes and Scott Efros and others to kind of be like, oh, this is how I how I do my thing. Oh, look at – I'm going to watch how this guy prepares every day, and I'm going to follow his example. And those mm-hmm. are just little minor things, you know, but they but they matter. They matter when you get to the big leagues. And, and uh, it's just a thought that I, I'd like to see them get – um, one or two of those guys and, and make sure Ross doesn't have to rely on on the young guys coming up and figuring it all out both both the pressure of of performing on the field and knowing what to do in between your outings uh, that's it's, it's hard to do to figure that all out on your own so keep uh tuned in for moves like that it won't just be the 
big major name trade stuff. There's there's a lot sometimes that just comes from off your radar. A minor move for a depth arm in the bullpen, and um, the Cubs have such robust prospect depth right now that they almost can't keep everyone. Because remember, in the last two years, there are now domestic roster limits for your minor leagues, and the Cubs are basically entirely prospects at every level. You know, they don't have a lot of like, ah, that's a guy that's just sort of there. Um, so you have to use it, use it or lose it kind of. So um, we look forward to that. And when, if and when there are notable developments for the Cubs, we'll be back at you in your feed. So make sure you're subscribed here to Onto Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's Ahad of Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Get theirs at The Athletic. Appreciate you as always. Enjoy the postseason. I know it's sad that the Brewers are now out, so I hope you can still enjoy um, what's <laughs> left of the postseason. But, um, you know, take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.